Welcome to episode 17 of Design Much, how to increase team alignment using Figma with Dan Vineyard. Why is it important for teams to communicate and be aligned during the design phase of the design process? Uh, I think design is communication. And what we're constantly trying to do is communicate. And so you're on these teams and they all have their own problems. They're all trying to solve their own things. And then you're trying to communicate like the design side of things. And so how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? And before, you know, you use sketch, it kind of reminds me of like life before the internet where you kind of had these like floppy disks or whatever, and you, you had to go from computer to computer. And it's in the same way you have the sketch file, you're trying to take it from computer to computer or pass on the sketch file. And Figma does the opposite where it's like, it's like the internet. It's like, you just need this URL. Anybody on any team can come and access this, access it, look at it and see, you know, what you're working on, where you're going to go. And all of that is right there, just like it would be uh, on the web. Okay, awesome. So that's kind of how that's, I see it. That's uh, one of our biggest headaches here. My biggest headache, but other people are starting to learn now why it's important. Yeah. But like, yeah, a, a place where when somebody's on vacation, I mean, just logistically, when somebody yeah. on our team is on vacation and you're trying to help them out, like, it's like, it, you can't find it on their computer because it's a home or it's stuck yeah. in there, you know. Siloed. Somewhere, you know, so it's it's... Yeah, that to me is like hands down the number one reason why I would want to use Figma. <laughs> and I think too, like as designers, you know, our job is to help communicate and to push forward the design for the users and and to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And if they can't see your work, uh, if they can't find it, you know, that creates all these bottlenecks on the design side and we, we fail at communicating. Mm-hmm. And so with one link, you know, imagine a, a, a better world. And Figma did that. They imagined a world where that wasn't a problem anymore. And what they solved was, here's the here's the real stuff. You know, here's the source of truth. Anybody can come see it. And it's open to anyone, anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so can you go a little bit more deep into what, what communication was like for you before you guys implemented Figma on your design team? Uh, let's see, communication before. So I have, I'm on two different teams. And one team doesn't use Figma. Like I've tried to implement it, but it just didn't work in our mm-hmm. workflow process. Okay. Another team, we've embraced it because it kind of fit more the team dynamics. And so I have like a contrasting view of how life is right now where, so the developers are constantly asking, you know, where the design files are. And even if you have Zeppelin or, or Sketch, so they, they would have to download uh, Sketch to get that first design file. So I usually use Zeppelin. So it's like, I'm not even in Sketch. And then it's always a question. It's always like, is this the latest stuff? Um, you know, have there been any changes? And then what was the link again? And so you're constantly having to go over this process and uh, work that out every time. And that creates a lot of inefficiencies. And then sometimes they're doing the stuff that, oh, that wasn't the real thing. You know, we've updated that. Uh, so that's harder. So it just creates this, um, a lot of process work for designers to try to communicate and get on the same page. And when you're working on, on a remote team with, I have, you know, four developers and a PM and customer success, communicating that is difficult and Figma solves that for us. Okay. Awesome. 
Yeah, that's great. So, um, so your developers were having a hard time knowing what was up to date. Yeah. Um, so how did designers communicate amongst each other? Uh, where I work at Quali, it's kind of interesting because we have like a designer embedded on a, a product line. Okay. And each of the product lines are kind of their own separate businesses. They all, they all own the profit and loss statements. And so you're kind of like a, a designer that's out to sea with your ship and your crewmates. And <laughs> so communicating across those product lines um, is already difficult, but it's not as necessary at, at Quali where I'm at. And it's more, it's, more, it's more important to communicate with the team that I'm on. Um, but what we do is just we have our Envision prototypes and we, we meet once a week uh, with our UX team and we share those designs. But we only have like an hour or so, maybe two hours to do that meeting. And it's difficult to get like what are we really aligned just if I do like the show and tell. Yeah. And not always. So it, to do a deeper dive, uh, to be able to look at, you know, from beginning to end in the process of where they're going, Figma can help you solve that because okay. it can say, I can give this link to any designer and they can come in and see the whole process where I went from this stage to this next one. And now they're part of the story. Uh, they're not getting just this little chapter and then trying to make sense of that and they kind of lose the context. Yeah. Okay. So can you walk us through like the process of, of a design? So um, from where designers in there creating something in Figma to actually sharing it with devs or, or any of anybody else? How does that work? I, I started this uh, process at my previous job, but I, I do these things called workings, uh, not meetings. And so we get together, we work together. And uh, part of that process is, so we have the Figma file and uh, the PM's there at the same time and we have the dev person at the same time. And I'm just designing as we work together. Like to me, that is work. And so a lot of times as designers, we can take the, the requirements and we go back into our silo and, and we kind of do our thing and then we come back. Yeah. And you know, that just, it, you can definitely do that and I've done that, but it just takes a long time. And so while we're there together, we're looking at the design together, we're designing it together, and everybody can see it and, and uh, understand it now together, right, uh, as it happens. So this, like Figma, is where work happens. It happens in the browser together. As Interesting. So are, are they like getting in those files and also moving stuff around? Um, they're not as comfortable, like as there's still a learning curve, like as a design tool. Okay. But I encourage them to. I'm like, if you have an idea, you know, go for it. Here's, here's your own artboard. Uh, do whatever you want. Try to communicate what you're seeing, and and we'll understand it in the context together. Um, a lot of times in the the domain that I'm in, um, so we do this research software or the software for professors that are trying to do research, and they they need um, grant money to do their research, and so we're creating this modular budget that allows those researchers to get that funding. And the domain is very uh, intensive. Like um, the PM that I work with, she's great, Susan. She just has a, a ton of domain knowledge. So, I mean, she's done it for seven years or more. And as a designer, that's one difficulty I find in enterprise stuff is we don't have that context. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, she'll understand the, the problem better than I will. And uh, so she's just as much as part of the design process as I am as a designer. And at that Figma allows for that uh, collaboration, I think much easier because before, you know, Sketch, I have the tool, I'm making the product and then you kind of wait and then you can comment. But here she's moving this stuff around. She's adding the text as we work. And and you guys know, I think just as much as any designer that the, the function informs the design as much as the design informs the function. 
And when they can add the, the text in there, all of a sudden, maybe the design element changes. Mm -hmm. And so instead of waiting, you know, for me to come up with a design and then, and then have her add the text and then I go back again, we're just doing that in real time. Hmm. And That's, I think that makes a better product. It is pretty wild. We've been, a couple of us here started playing around with it because we've heard good things about it. Yeah. And so we were starting to play around with it. And the thing that I really liked about it was the team. It's like devoted to a team. It's yes. like the only design tool that I can even think of that is like team first. Yeah. And then like design tool second kind of thing. Absolutely. But their design tools actually pretty impressive. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was one thing that I, that I really, that we were just playing around with, uh, is we were, <laughs> we were both at our desks, uh, working on the same file and playing around with what Figma, Figma can do, like with the drop shadows and stuff. So I was watching, I was watching Danon work on what he was doing and I was like, Oh, how did you, how'd you do that? And we just mm -hmm. had like a text element. Mm -hmm. We were chatting back and forth inside the file. <laughs> yes. It was like, it's like this is sweet. Like so you're chatting inside of a text element, all like through comments. Yeah, it was like, and then we just comment, and it's live, and it's like it's instant, and it's super fast. And like I can think of so many value adds to that, like from a design critique to a mm -hmm. to anything. Like you can just, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. One like use case that I had is uh, at our with our marketing department. You know, I set up like a landing page and a couple like email templates and stuff. And I said, you can go in there and add the text now and then I'll see what your text is and then I'll start updating it then yeah. in the file. And that's just kind of like a radical thought. They were, you know, they were impressed that that was that was possible. And then you can kind of start to see, well, wow, this kind of changes the dynamic of work mm -hmm. and this makes more work possible. And I think that's what Figma does that. Um, you know, it just kind of seems they're they're way ahead of the um, framing of what work is. That um, you know, even Sketch and and Vision, they've kind of it feels like a little bit like it's in the past now. It's kind of you know yeah. kind of crazy. So that's really interesting. Like changing what work is like for you guys. Yeah. You mentioned that there's you're on one team that uses Figma. You're doing um, as you called workings instead of meetings. Yeah. Um, and you have another team that's not using this. Mm -hmm. um, is this a buy-in issue? Is this something that like developers don't want to spend the time sitting in a room with a designer designing when they could be coding? Um, how? What is the reason for that other team not doing it? And what other issues have you had with getting buy-in for for this sort of workflow? Um, I think it's. I can't really remember exactly, but it, it was more that they had their process down, and so I came in at a time where they were already rolling. They had kind of figured this out, and they. I didn't really want to rock the boat too much with the, okay. you know, let's change this and do our whole process differently as we, they were trying to roll out these features in, in the next quarter. So it was it was more like they already had an established process where with the other team, they were open. They're like, this is what, one of the first times they'd worked with a dedicated designer. And so the, it was, um, they were like the, I think I had more of an opportunity to change a process and say, yeah, this is what we do as designers and <laughs> just kind of roll with it. That's interesting. And as you've changed that, you know, this is because this is something I haven't really heard before. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody working together on the same thing at once, which is it sounds really interesting. <laughs> it, as you said, like sketch is like kind of the older way of doing things as, as you've experienced. So um, as you have this new team that's working in this way, how have they felt about it? Uh, so uh, this morning we um, we had a, a user uh, kind of like a feedback session with the University of San Diego. And uh, the PM had the Figma file open and was showing it to about 20 people from the university. 
And as they were talking, she made a couple changes in the Figma file just by changing some of the, um, like the, the document name. And she added a little bit more clarity on my, like who the author was and what the document title was. And it was just, to me, it was fascinating because right then we were kind of like as a group working together, we were getting their feedback in real time. We were updating and we we're saying, does this make sense to you guys? And so that, I, I think you can kind of tell about a team if they like it or not, if they're using it. And and so the PM's using it. We're, we're able to get that um, that influence from our customers right away in the process. I know a lot of designers probably cringe at this. They're like, oh my gosh, how could you possibly do that? But um, I, I, I think you kind of have to let go a little bit, like maybe let go of like, um, you know, this is what I do and I, I'm the designer and just kind of embrace it and see whether or not that added input and collaboration makes a better product. Yeah. And sometimes it does, you know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's like a design by committee. Um, but I think what we have on that team is a healthy respect for our different roles. Okay. And so they're not trying to be the designer. Um, they, they get that there's an expertise to it. That's difficult that you can't just replicate. And so they allow for that space where on another team that didn't have those respectful roles, that may be much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, that's something I was going to ask too. Is there any drawbacks to having this, <laughs> this very open design file where the, the designer only typically is only touching their file and then they're you know, sending it to Envision um, for other, people's to, other people to see it. Um, so in your team, you have those respected roles. Um, can you think of any other problems that you may have encountered with, with this very open design yeah. document? Sometimes, you know, people get confused. At, it's like, what's the final version? Like where, where, cause you can get a, to be a big file. Yeah. And so how you structure it. So what I do is I have at the very top line, I have the square next to the artboards and I say final version and it's like in green. And then <laughs> I have a big line underneath that. And then I say work in progress. And so they, you know, it takes a little bit. It's, it's, it's a different model. And so people aren't quite used to like, well, now what's, what's the final thing? So if you can structure that as a, as a designer and you can help them see like, no, no, just if you're looking for the development stuff, the stuff that we are, are sold on as a team, it's up here. Okay. And then, but that also helps, I think, developers get the context of like, well, where are we going to go? And that was one thing that we were able to do with the University of San Diego is show them in, in a real term, like I call it a design roadmap, where you can give them a compelling vision and then work backwards. Mm -hmm. And then they can kind of see that. And then they can kind of see, well, here's the functionality that's coming, not this month or next quarter, but maybe the quarter after. And we'd like your input on that because we don't, we're not, you know, we don't have all the answers. We want to come and help uh, find the best tool for you. And so we need your feedback there. And so all of a sudden it's like, while they're allowed to give that feedback instead of just kind of passively waiting for the features to come to them. And so it opens up a lot of like communication, a communication platform that you, you wouldn't usually get just with a sketch or even yeah. vision. And how do they give that feedback to, is there a commenting feature on it and Figma that they use or do they use another route of? They do, they have a, a commenting feature. But usually what we do is uh, on that team, we schedule one-on-ones. And so I use um, a big part of this, like the way that I like to work is to, um, instead of building stuff and then demoing it, you demo it and then sell it and then build it. And so we can now show this like demo stuff of what's coming and get them sold in the process before we build the whole thing out. And um, so we, what we try to do is schedule one-on-ones with them. So once they're invested in and they see it and they can see that there's some utility for them, then we're like, okay, can, now can we sit with you 
and either watch you as you work through the prototype or just tell us about the problem that you're trying to solve with this thing. So it's great. It's like, it helps us get a foot in the door too. That's really cool. I like that. Um, another thing that I was thinking about as well is since they're looking at this file and as you said, there's like a, here's our, our final mocks and below that, anything below that is like um, the old stuff. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to, for them to be able to go in and see like what you've explored. Mm -hmm. So they, instead of them asking you, <laughs> I mean, it's great to ask you, but um, instead of them like asking you, like, did you think about this? They could actually look at the file and see that you might've explored this. Um, have you ever had that experience at all? Um, it's definitely been a problem in the past and I haven't thought about using it that way, but they do get a better context yeah and they kind of can see behind the curtain of like how software is made <laughs> and that for people that are not um you know they're they're not that experienced with it they're like wow what is all this stuff i was like well this is kind of how we make the sausage it's it's to me a lot of design our software design is like improv it's yeah. like you say something and i'm going to say something and we kind of collaborate go back and forth on this to try to make something out of this experience and it's not just like, here's the final version, like the soup Nazi, you take it and you're out the door. Yeah. Uh, so that helps us do that. But, um, you know, getting that, it hasn't come up exactly, but I think that's a great idea. That's interesting. To try to use yeah. that and say, a lot of times for me as a designer, I feel if the, if the developers are seeing this design the first time or the, or the PMs, and like I failed as a designer, like we, sh we should, have that process going on so well that they know what the problems we're trying to solve. They know like the, the experience that we've already tried and have failed on. And it's not a, it's not a shock to them. Like, wow, I've never seen this design before. Like that, that to me is a problem of process. And um, I haven't done my job as a designer to communicate, you know, how we're going about this. And do you have any feedback for me, yeah. for us as we go through it? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think like, uh, cause I've had experiences in the past too, where you show, you show the developers your sketch files and you can see a moment of panic in their eyes. Like, <laughs> yes. what is all that? You know, and they see the, they see the, the disorganized because we're so used to presenting to them as almost like a demo or a sales pitch of like, this mm -hmm. is what we decided. And then we're explaining to them why we decided things. And I like the idea of what you're talking about. Is you can take that in, maybe organize the file up. Here's your, here's your final stuff. Here's the stuff that we're still working in and, then they can see kind of both sides of it, and there's a there's a there's an organization to it of like, oh, I, I see how this works, and I can see where you tried this and where this didn't work, and and sometimes we've tried like sometimes we've tried a bunch of stuff that they're pitching to us after we've gone to the final like we're at the end we just want this get built, and we've tried three crazy ideas, and then we go pitch it to them, and then they bring up those three crazy ideas, and you're like, oh, we tried that and it didn't work, and they're like, oh, really? You tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, I think just having that, uh, yeah, that, that smaller collaboration pieces, that's it, gotta be a huge benefit. It does help engender trust and they can see that you, all the files that you, you're working on, the process that you have, it's not a black box. You're not just mm -hmm. kind of showing it to them one day and then they kind of have to take it in and they don't have a say anymore. It's here it is in the open. Let's talk about it. And I, you know, sometimes it's like you kind of have to have a thick skin a little bit, I think, because it's like walking into a news colony or something <laughs> where you're open, man. It's it's for the world to see. And that could be tough as a designer sometimes. So, uh, And I, I've had some designers on my team like, wow, I've never really seen not many designers do that before where you're just kind of collaborating together in real time. Yeah. And 
as I've worked in these enterprise stuff, it's just taken me so long to get to a place where we feel confident in design. I'm like, I don't want to wait weeks as we play this email ping pong game. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it together and sit down for, for an afternoon. And um, so that's what I found has helped a lot with those problems. But engendering trust so that it's not yeah, that's a, a huge, surprise. huge thing. That's what we're trying to do here is yeah. build more. Because we work, we work like you guys, we work on with our developers on our teams. And um, we all come from different backgrounds, right? We all have PTSD from other places. <laughs> and so we all have these assumptions and we make different, you know, we put things in our heads. And one thing that we're really trying to figure out is the whole trust game and mm-hmm. like they want to know and they want to be a part of it and we want them to trust us. So it's it's been kind of a balance. Or yeah, what you're describing can totally break down that that barrier from a logistics standpoint inside Figma um, to get to get uh, to get in the weeds a little bit. Mm-hmm. So are all your developers because I know they have the roles. They have like the collaborator and the editor role, and I think those are the two roles that they have, right? Is, it, yeah. is everybody just an editor and everybody can kind of do everything they want? So or? once you share a link, uh, when people create an account, they can come back and you'll see up in the document, you can click on share and it'll have their name. We'll have their little and, name and And then you can stuff. switch it from view to edit. And those are like the two roles that I found. Oh, okay. And so a lot of times that's a problem with sketches, <clears throat> unless you have a sketch license. And sometimes organizations don't want to pay for every developer to have a sketch license. You know, there's no real way for them to see any of this other stuff. Yeah. And having that um, where you can kind of change view to edit, or ed, it's been really helpful. Because so, I can help, even on other designers, I can say, hey, you're an editor on this. Come help yeah. me figure this thing out. That's too complex for me. Or yeah. I'm having trouble figuring my, getting my mind around it. Yeah. So when you, if you share it with a customer, you can actually allow them to edit part of it. Yeah. You that could, way. If you want They just have to have an account. Uh, yeah, and I they? think it's free on Figma. Yeah, because they can have a free. Which is another point. You know, the pricing is pretty expensive for Envision, at least for the enterprise stuff, for having teams. And I think Figma has an opportunity where, guess what? You can have any developer look at this stuff, and they don't have to be an editor. So it's mm-hmm. going to change your pricing model. Yeah. Uh, which may be a big help for some some um, UX teams that want to keep their costs down. Yeah. On the, uh, like the prototyping tool they have, is very similar, like Envision or any other click-through prototyping tool. Do you do? You, do you, have you taken advantage of that at all? I've used it. I think they still have a little bit of, uh, yeah. of work to get to where Envision's at. But it's it kind of depends on you know are you are you trying to communicate to your team or to customers? Like mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd use it for customers just yet. That's what I was wondering if it, yeah. if it's not quite something you would share to a customer to have them do a task test or anything. Yeah. And there's a couple of things like uh, scaling the uh, the browser view. So like in, in Envision, you can say scale this to the browser. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's possible yet in Figma. So there's a couple of things like that that I think they'll get there. The trajectory yeah. is pretty strong. The, the stuff that they're delivering is pretty great. Yeah, they seem to be delivering fairly but, quickly. To um, like production level prototyping, I'd say they still have a little bit of effort there. Cool. Uh, so it sounds like Figma has like allowed you and your you know, you as a designer and your team to have like more openness in the design, um, uh, more alignment across the team. So is that all dependent on Figma? What what were to happen if Figma went away? What would you guys do? <laughs> it it kind of depends on the team. The ones I'm on now, it's like Jira tickets. So uh, like we use Jira quite a bit for our development cycle. Okay. And you just put a, a, a link to a Zeppelin file or a link to Envision prototype. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how things are done. It's at the feature level. Okay. And this is like another reason why I like Figma because 
you know, you have this design roadmap as a designer. This is one way for you to make an influence within your organization. It's like, here's how I think we can solve this problem. And, and then you work backwards. But then uh, it's a compelling vision and then allows you as a designer to have this end-to-end experience. And that's one thing I think we as designers that we have that, you know, you can't get from Jira tickets. You can't get from sometimes even PMs. We bring to the table that here's how it's going to go. Here's how we can do this from beginning to end. And customers consume our products as experiences. They don't consume, or consume it feature by feature. You know, it's all these features together. And that's something I think is lost with some of our tools. Sometimes the tools, you, you know, we build with the tools and sometimes the tools build us and build our products. And when you're going through the Jira tickets and you, you're building out feature by feature, you can kind of tell, I've seen in some products like, wow, this little, this little feature set is really developed. This stuff is not so much. And this is maybe too strong and it's overplaying this other stuff at the cost of this yeah. other stuff. And so what Figma can do is help you give that that um, the entire experience together. You know, your your developers can see that together. Your PMs can see that together. And I think it probably, you know, th- that it's it's a better way for to get that whole whole experience, a holistic design. Yeah. Instead okay. of these one offs. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that. So. When you came on to your design team and like implemented Figma, you had the ability to do that because there wasn't like a process in place necessarily, right? Yeah. Um, how would you recommend a team, like let's say a designer hears this this episode and they want to start playing with this and trying trying out what you're doing? How would you recommend they do that? How do they get that buy-in? Uh, it's interesting. I think it kind of follows the same path as like innovation, and it's. It's really hard to say, you know, get to the top level and we're all going to be doing it this way. Usually it's from the ground up. And so you have this one solution and this very specific scope that works really well. And then that just starts to, you start to stack wins on that little experience. So uh, try to find, you know, if you if you, if you want to give this a go, if you tried Figma and it's great, I just try to find a small spot where this might help. Say you're having a hard time convincing one developer of what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. or having a hard time convincing 1 p.m. You can send them the link and say, hey, let's just jump in this this um, this call and this instead of just kind of talking through this stuff. Let's just design it together and see what happens. And, uh, you know, testing it out on these these smaller scale scoped projects. Hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. So start really small. Yeah. So start using Figma and then implement it in small ways in terms of. Yeah. allowing others to see its power right yeah and 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 just getting feedback from your team you know is this yeah. better for you do you like this as opposed to what we've been doing in this other way so the next time you get a design task try it in figma and uh you probably it's you probably have to try a couple times to whether you know to gauge it uh, whether it's a good fit or not mm-hmm. but instead of trying to do a wholesale you know in a huge project you know, you fell fast, right? So start small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't walk in and be like, Hey guys, we're going to change everything and yeah. get this new tool, tool Figma <laughs> and you have to figure out how to use it together. So that, that could be really challenging. And, and I think I, I wouldn't like that as a designer to kind of have those, like, these are the tools that we're using. Like I, I would love to be sold instead of being told. Yeah. And, um, if you can do that for your team and show it working in a real scenario, that it does work and this is why it's better and there's still drawbacks like i don't like figma as much as a design tool i feel much more comfortable in sketch like i, I can make better i feel designs in sketch it looks better it feels better uh but 
the, the amount of collaboration that's possible and the, the need of that collaboration on my team kind of like overrides that that design necessity cool so that's outweighing yeah the yeah the design necessity as you said in sketch interesting so is there anything like a design team that doesn't have access to figma that they can do to implement the benefits that you're getting from figma now uh let's see like that openness that communication and alignment is there anything they could do maybe to 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 help and improve their current process without actually having to implement figma yeah we have the uh, this new designer aaron um uehara aaron yeah he's awesome and he he came to the team and he kind of he i think the having that fresh take you know with someone coming in and, and kind of pushes this like where's this stuff and how come we we don't have that here and i'm like expecting this to be there but it's not and sometimes having like a fresh person come into the process and allows you to say wow wow these are our gaps in this process that we have but so we use google docs quite a bit to share information and i think writing it out as a designer that's a huge tool that maybe we don't talk about enough but you have to if you if you have to put your ideas uh you know in the document you have to logically go through step by step and a lot of times you know if you're a great visual designer maybe you're lacking a little bit on that logistical side and that can help you work through that process. So that's what we use quite a bit is Google Docs huh. uh, to share that information, uh, and then Sketch and Envision. And um, but literally any way you, you can as a designer to communicate, to me that's your job. It's your job to cr to create these compelling visions to put it in front of your team and to work through this stuff. And if it's not working, don't blame the team. You know, put it on yourself to figure that out and figure out how to, how can I work best with my team. And, like, and Aaron's helped me to do that too, because we're pairing, doing pair designing on uh, one of our teams, which has been really interesting. And he pushes me to say, let's try this, or how, how can we make this a little bit better? And um, so that's been really great. That's awesome. So that, that's really interesting. So actually being in Google Docs and just writing out like the flow of the design and like the solution and everything is what also allows for that openness. Yeah, so what That's I do cool. is uh, I'll have a Google Doc and I'll have my solution and I put it as a GIF. I use Cloud App and make a GIF of it. And then I say, here's the pros. Here's some of the cons that I see. Here's some of the problems that uh, may not uh, be addressed. It's like, do you agree? And getting it out of like, do you like this in terms of, you know, visually or whatever, but does this make sense? Uh, what are the, and so I can have three solutions and I can work through the pros and cons of each solution. And then that allows for engineers and PMs to look at it from their lens to see and to participate and to say, well, I see this as a con because of this. And I see this as a pro because of that. And being on a remote team, it's hard to have those conversations all the time. Like you're just not sitting next to the next person. So having a way to get your thoughts out and everybody can read it at their own time. To me, it's been uh, beneficial that way. Not just for me as a designer, but for our team. That's really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that you guys have find some, some really good communication other than just getting on a video conference call. <laughs> like, because I work for a place where we had remote developers, you know, full-time remote developers. And it's like, anytime you want to ask them a question or anytime that you had to get them on like a conference call and talk to them. I like that you found other ways with, you know, using Figma and Google Docs to, to work around the communication aspect. It's pretty cool. And it's not perfect by any means. Like we're, there's still a lot of gaps in our process <laughs> that we're trying to figure out. But I think that's what's kind of cool is I, you know, Remote to me is kind of like the future of work and figuring out how we can make the remote process better because that the company I'm at now, that's 
part of our DNA almost mm-hmm. is that we have remote workers because they're next to the universities. And uh, there's still a lot of gaps. Like there, I have not found a great whiteboard solution that works really well, like in a remote context. Oh, yeah. And so you kind of like are pushed towards the other solutions to make it work as a team. Uh, but there's still, I think there's a lot of room for UX designers to create products for our needs. And the engineers have great stuff like GitHub. And, and I think we're still lacking there. Like we yeah. we kind of use it as Envision as like this project um, template to like see where we are. But even then, I, I think it falls short. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, last question for me. The first time I saw Figma, I saw that like that multiplayer design sort of thing. I thought like how many designers are going to be design bombing another designer's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how many times have you been in a design and somebody's come in and just just mess with you? Um, I kind of because the way that our uh, company's structured now, I encourage more. I like hey come check this stuff out. <laughs> so it's more me asking them to come okay play with the design more than it is like I've got five designers in here and they're all telling me one thing to do and I can't, I'm overwhelmed by the feedback. So I haven't struggled with that as much as yet. If you're on a bigger team, that may be a, uh, more of a problem. But for me, it's more like, hey, take some time out of your busy schedule to come help me on this <laughs> stuff. And, you know, they're already busy. So, um, but it's fun too. And that's kind of something that interesting. Like, you know, you can wave to people with your little mouse and stuff as you're both in their <laughs> <Yeah>. multiplayer. <laughs> but it kind of changes the dynamic of work, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. That's he also cool. doesn't work with me. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Your increase of, of being uh, design bombed. That was the first thing I did to Danon was put a big giant picture of him in my in his file. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the dynamics of the team probably matter quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. It's good stuff. It's like timely too because we just we've been dealing with a lot of these same problems. Yeah, like we're not remote or anything, but just even communication on our own teams in the office is communicating design and yeah that's what is tough it just because you're in the same office i, I think that it's like a school bus lengths difference and if you can't <laughs> walk to there like in the distance of a school bus you're you're almost remote yeah you're gonna slack them and they're not maybe they're not going to respond you don't know where they are it's gonna so you know a lot of the aspects sometimes sitting um not that far away from someone but you're going to use remote tools anyway, yeah. like a Google Doc to communicate or Slack to communicate. So even though you're structurally not remote, you know, physically, you know, there may be some just as many limitations that remote mm-hmm. people would uh, struggle with. Yeah, almost the same communication problems exist. Yeah. So. Awesome. That's cool. And I got you guys a little something. <laughs> did you bring? Did you bring Andy? Uh, Lacroix. <laughs> I'm not, that, I'm not that smart. No, it's just a a little T-shirt from. Oh, nice. oh awesome! Kuali. Beautiful. From from where? Uh, just from Kuali. Oh, nice. So I'm looking for one of the Design Much T-shirts myself. So I, I think we gotta, you guys we gotta you make them. We might do. have them online sometime. Yeah, we did the we did the iron on. <laughs> uh, but we but we'll find a service that'll print them up. We'll yeah. Yeah, my oh, my iron good? on isn't isn't staying around too well after some washes. So, yeah, mine's wrinkling like. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. So yeah, so we gotta we gotta get better ones. I like the ones that you guys had at the uh, front conference. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we want to get those and then we'll put them up. We need to put them up on that site that we had mm-hmm. that we we're playing around with. And also, um, I've been working on this uh, design system, so that's something else. It's not really 
what I'll probably do is I'll put a design system in Figma. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to my site, danvenue.com, I'll have it as a link that you can either, you can download and use it if you want. But uh, maybe that might help people too, to kind of get into Figma a little bit. I would love to see that. Cause that's oh. the first thing. So we have, we have our design libraries that we made mm-hmm. in sketch that were, you know, we've been polishing, but they've been working pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think so far. Um, and I just, I just imported those yeah. into, uh, into Figma. And then I, we have hundreds, like mm-hmm. hundreds of components. And I was like, Oh, I got to go through and turn all of these into components now. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I can't remember somebody online was like, no, you just select them all. And like, it was like two seconds of work Yeah, to convert them all into components. There was a, there's some differences in some of the components, but for the most part, all the components are the same. And I was like, this is actually really amazing. And and the way you use them, I, I feel like is better in Figma, the way you can design with them and stuff. Yeah, they but just- yeah, it'd be super interesting to know how they, you're building one. They came out with a team library, so mm-hmm. you can use those components. Like they've up, upgraded it from what it was. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have that available um, soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because awesome. <coughs> that's something we need here big time. And the team libraries, the thing was like, we should try Figma. It solves an interesting problem because there is versioning through Figma. Like you can go back and see. But if it's all there and it's all present, like do you need to know what version? It's like it's here. It's live. It's it's up to date as it is. Well, and the way you update, because like with the old craft library that we tried, the way you updated was really scary to me because anybody could update it. Mm. And then it was like, oh, everything's updated. And who did that and why? And yeah. And you didn't know because it was just a sketch file unless yeah. you had like abstract or something. Um, and so that was that was kind of scary and, and like nerve wracking to me to, to try. And then with the sketch libraries, you're only updating the library. So that's it's, it seems like that's isolated. Yeah. But with we with playing with Figma, the, the way the process, the uh, the experience that they use to update that is sweet. Like the whole make the change and publish it. And, yeah. And then you can revert and you can accept. And like it's I was like, this is really nice. Like, they thought this through. Yeah. I, <laughs> like that collaboration stuff. To me, they've zeroed in on that as their problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah. And they do it really well. And I think they're going to keep doing it well. Where these other guys, th- th- their main focus, I think, like Sketcher and Vision is like, how do I make the design really well? Mm-hmm. So even the idea of like having an API from Figma. So you can have an API and you can hook up your design to an API. And I think not to in the distant future, you have a URL and it's a public facing design, like it's on the web and you could update it in real time. And so what is a website anymore? Like, yeah. do you have to code it? Like here it is. Especially static websites. Yeah, and it's like a content <laughs> management thing. And I don't know, it's really kind of exciting. Yeah, the, the approach is, is really interesting. The future is here, it really is. Cool, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on the the old podcast kidding me yeah. thank you guys honestly i'm a fan of your your work and uh i enjoy it on my lunch time my lunch breaks and okay. listening to you both so you make it fun and i think sometimes designers can take themselves a little too seriously sometimes i probably guilty of that quite a bit and uh so i appreciate what you guys are doing and and the energy that you bring can't write Figma without an auto-correcting to Figma. Mine would always correct to Sigma. Sigma? Yeah, every time. <laughs> like Figma is an act- Figma's a thing, right? Like it's like...
I don't know. Is it like a legit word? <laughs> Freaking Apple will, will autocorrect iPhone and capitalize the P. Yeah. But they won't. <laughs> they keep changing Figma to Figment. That's because Figma hasn't paid their <laughs> their fee to Apple. Their autocorrect fee? <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not in the library? Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I sent our check. It's in the mail to Apple. So oh, okay. design much. Design we'll much will be. What, what'll, what will it be? It'll, it'll just All be lowercase? Yeah. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> All one word? <laughs> Anytime anybody t- types in design much or design, mm, it'll just put I, it all I actually there. paid them like the extra fee, so every time they type in design, it's just going to go design much. <laughs> it just says design much? That's sweet. Yeah. So we're going to get a lot of exposure now. Yeah, we'll get a lot of, uh, get a lot of ratings. That's, if that's if we save up a lot, then it'll have a link <laughs> at the end of the word to designmuch.org. We'll have a link too? Yeah. <laughs> So auto, designed, auto populate a link every time that the word design yeah. is used. So design Twitter is going to be littered with designmuch.org. Design That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Then all those angry conversations will come our way. Yeah. On design Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Andy. Hey, was that a great conversation with Dan Vineyard or what? I cannot agree more. That was That's a pretty good. He's a really thoughtful guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, like he just he just goes really deep into that, and you can, like, a sentence of <laughs> Dan yeah. Vineyard, just like you can take out so many awesome pieces that you can learn from him. So that was wonderful. Yeah, he was really good. It was fun to have him on. Uh, if you want to continue that conversation, go to designmuch.org and leave a comment. If you think this topic would benefit another designer, or even your design team, Andy, your design team, Andy, uh, feel free to share it with the rest of the people on your design team, Andy. I think I'm going to actually because. Yeah. This is a great topic for design teams. Yeah, so. it's something we've been uh, we've been we've been messing with too. Is collaborating more on our team and how how to do that better. And Figma might well, we should try it out. Yeah, you know what? You shared it with me in a way because you sent me a link to to join Figma. <laughs> yeah, so you're already on the ball with this. Yeah, I said join Figma, Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you uh, what did you learn from the from the episode? Man, there's so much great stuff in here. So um, one thing that. Uh, obviously Figma has allowed his team to do is, you know, according to the title of this is increase alignment and a lot of communication. Like there's a lot of openness. Um, mm-hmm. and I really like that about his team. He said, uh, nudist colony, nudist colony. Yeah. Remember? He said, it's like being in a nudist colony, <laughs> which is, which he said is kind of scary sometimes. And yeah. as designer, that's as designers, that's not how we work. We go into our space, um, which is our sketch file and we work alone and then we, get everything ready, put it in Envision, and that's how we share it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got to make sure it's all wrapped in a nice bow. Yeah. And the wrapping paper smooth on all sides. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we don't share it until everything's, like, really great. Yeah. Um, but the way he's doing it is he's having, you know, this very open concept of we're working together, we're designing together, and anybody can click into this link and see my file and even add stuff to it, mm-hmm. um, which is so cool. And one thing that he was doing that I thought was really interesting was um, instead of meetings, he has his workings, as he workings. calls them, where he will get together with a PM and a designer, um, and they'll they'll just design something together. And I thought that was really interesting, and um, it's open, and I think that would be great to, to get that live feedback from a PM and a, de- and a dev while I'm working. Yeah. It's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. It's, it's kind of scary. Like <laughs> it's really scary. <laughs> it is going back to that nudist colony <laughs> thing. Like watching, watching, having them over my shoulder, watching me design something isn't, um, 
the most comforting feeling, but I think <laughs> it would be great to have that open collaboration and just be able to solve problems together instead of me designing in my, my cave, yeah. bringing it out. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, and one of the questions I asked him was like, how do you get buy-in to do this sort of thing? This is a totally different process. This is working very differently than what typical teams do. Um, and I really liked um, what he said to this. And this is something I think you can, you can utilize not just to get Figma on your team, but to get any sort of new process or tool um, to be able to use as like a, as part of your design process. Mm-hmm. Um, and something he said was just try to solve a small specific problem and um, that can help improve something in your process. And, you know, and of course, involve your team in that and see like how this, this tool or this new process can help solve something for me or for, for your developer or for your, your PM to get you guys to work better. Um, and then build on those small wins. And so like, don't, don't like just tell them why it's great. Just sell them on it. Allow them to be sold on it by having that actual experience. Well, and using it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're showing it to them. So I thought that was, that was awesome. Um, and he also said like another point for people who maybe don't have access to Figma, they can also utilize other open collaboration tools such as like Google docs. So you can walk through the problems and potential solutions, just writing them out on a Google Doc yeah. and have everybody else come in and do it there too. <laughs> so it's almost like the same thing, but just writing it down. That's weird. You're writing it down. Writing instead it of down. Designing yeah, that's it. odd. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of great stuff in there, but those those are just a couple of the things that I, I took away that I really liked. Yeah, there's a lot of good things. Um, I liked how he talked about how it speeds up the process of design. So like he, he kind of brought up like we usually like. D- d- like what you were talking about earlier, you go in your cave, turn the lights out, put your dark theme on, yeah, uh, and then you design for six hours, and then you come out and eat a bag of chips, and then go back in, right? Yep. Um, and uh, that's totally how Andy works, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the dark theme part is right. The dark theme part is but right. But I, I don't turn it on. It's already on. <laughs> it's already on, yeah. It's always on. <laughs> you've, you've deleted the light theme out of all the yeah. applications. <laughs> yeah, I go into the source code and just, yeah, yeah. sweep it out. But it speeds up the process because everybody can kind of jump in the file when they need to. And it's not like they have to wait for you to share the sketch file. Like he brought up, like, we we, we have our sketch file. And we put it on our local machine and nobody can get to it. You know, it's locked in a vault. or mm-hmm. Even if it's on, like, Google Drive or something, it's still hard to access because you have to have sketch and you have to yeah. be able to open it. So. Um, it's hard for PMs and developers to get into those files and see what's going on. So I thought that was interesting that it probably actually does speed up the design process, which is something uh, when you're working on a team is, is you know, that's that's definitely a benefit. Because um, a lot of times, you know, design becomes a bottleneck on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. You know, engineering is kind of waiting for us to finish our job when instead it's like, well, Figma probably allow us to, like, just work together. So, it's you know, there's no handoff anymore. It's like yeah. we're all just one team. Uh, one thing you brought up too with Figma, you can uh, you can let the content creators fill in the content. I thought that was interesting. I never thought about that, <laughs> but like, yeah, he talked about the marketing team, or um, you know, anybody else can go in there and like change a title and see how it affects the design. Which I thought was that's something that I just never even thought about. Like, yeah. Oh, I could just send this over to like you know our content writer and say put in the content, and then I'll des- I'll you know you put the content and I'll design around it. Yeah. Because that's something we shouldn't do we shouldn't use you know ipsum and content generators to design really we should use real stuff 
And so I thought that was that's an interesting concept. Yeah, because there's a lot before. of back and forth there. Like mm-hmm. you have to have this stuff with your hips a minute. You yeah. send it to the the, the content <clears throat> writer, then they send it back. Like yeah. here's the content. Like it's so it's why not just have them go in? I thought that was great too. Well, and a lot of times we design we design it and we put hips them in, um, and then we ship it. We we give it to the person to put content in or whatever. Yeah, and then they try to fit the content into what we've designed. Yep. <laughs> and this this kind of reverses it. It's like, well, here I'll start the design process. You put your content in, and then I'll I'll go in after you're done, and I'll adjust the way that works, right? Yeah. To, to kind of flow with the content. So I thought, I thought it was just an interesting concept. Uh, yeah, another one is organizing the design files. Uh, he had. He was organizing design files to have like areas of the design file because everybody can be in it. So it's like if it's all chaotic now, uh, <laughs> then nobody knows where to look or what to do. So yeah. he had to kind of like organize his files into like a work in progress section or like an experiment section or uh, uh, and then like a like a final section. And then that way people know when they come in like what they're looking at. And I thought that was uh I thought that was a really good way to organize a file. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of our designers here organize their files that way, their sketch files that way already, like in a similar fashion. And when we've worked together, it's been nice to like, it's been nice for me because I, I can get a good picture of what's happening and where it's going. So I kind of like that. Like, And I also like the fact that that makes us accountable to organizing our files a little bit better. <laughs> if we're allowing people to be in there. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? anytime... <laughs> Um, anytime, yeah, you share a sketch file, like <laughs> we hired a designer here that took over my spot that I was working on the team mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, since, since the day we hired her, she freaking rips on me for my disorganization <laughs> and my sketch files. And we all do that. Like nobody has a real great way to organize and it's all personalized, right? To yeah. Well, there's, there's we no like one way to do it. So everyone yeah. just does it their own way. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the way we do it. Right. Yeah. But if we, if, if we're working as a team now, all of a sudden in Figma, and everybody can be in that file. Like you've got to have a common communication pattern or mm-hmm. a common language for that. So I thought that was something I never thought about either when, when you know, jumping into Figma and working with Figma. Um, yeah, overall, great conversation. I'm excited to, to experiment with Figma more. Yeah. From a design team, we're a collaborative. You know, we're trying to be very collaborative here, and so it's a tool that would definitely, I think, help us. Help us be more collaborative based, I think on, so. based on what he was talking about. I'm, I'm super excited about that because, like, you know, as we've been talking about on this podcast, like, you have to be more open and more communicative. Communicate. You have to be yeah. able to communicate better. <laughs> it's a hard word, man. It's hard to communicate the, that word. <laughs> yeah, it is. But as designers, you have to communicate better with your team and do it a lot. But, like, mm-hmm. it takes effort to, like, do that. But, like, if you have a tool that allows you to do it, like, a lot easier it's going to like allow for more communication. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about. So um, I, I welcome that and I'm excited to play around with that and see how it works. Yeah. So do you remember Jordan reading that we had on a couple of weeks ago? I do. A couple, a couple of episodes back. Yeah. She tweeted something last night. I thought was interesting. She's tweeted uh, the, a picture of the definition of condescending. And then she said, condescending, something no designer or person should ever do do or be. It's something I can see and hear often. And then she said, why do we, why do we as designers do this to each other? I thought that was super eye-opening. Hmm. And I thought, too, especially in our, in our, uh, in our, what, how we design, we were, like, we think we're UX designers, right? We think we, like, put users first, but we, we constantly criticize each other as designers and be critical and condescend to each other. 
yeah like all over the place you talked about design twitter earlier like that's all it is it's just like <laughs> people ripping on each other and condescending each other and everybody's like i'm better than you and i'm a master at this and every you suck. every time there's a new rebrand <laughs> yeah. it's like so much hate <laughs> and then there's like three designers like this is great yeah <laughs> but they just and then they get trouble. shamed and shunned and thrown thrown away <laughs> <laughs> i kind of i kind of like tend to think that that's because we're trained to be critical like yeah. as designers we're trained to be critical and we're always looking to solve a problem but uh, most of the time we don't have context over that problem. So that's why I think it comes off as condescending. Uh, that, that's kind of my take. I don't know. You have a take on why freaking designers are a-holes? <laughs> why they're a-holes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I definitely see that, like, because as a designer, you look at something and you always pick it apart. Like, and I think yeah. it does come back to, you know, we're trained to be critical. And we, we look at something and we see, like, what are the problems with this? And we're always trying to find solutions. That's like, that's what we try to do is find solutions. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's probably why we do it. Um, but I don't know. I can't speak to why there's so much hate, <laughs> so much condescension. It's just like we go right to the problem, right to the negativity and not yeah. right to like, cause as designers too, I think we can see, we can see the value and beauty in something quickly as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, definitely. Um, even if it's not designed perfectly. But, but why do we go to the, why do we instantly go to the friggin', you know, there's this, this line looks weird. Why, or, or why is that gradient or why, you know, we instantly go to something like that. Yeah. That is the first thing we do yeah. before we actually compliment. Yeah. Unless you're on dribble, you yeah. usually compliment Unless you're first. on dribble, then it's, then it's just, wow, great post. Check out my page. Check out my account. Yeah. I don't, I don't no. know why, why that is exactly, but, um, I, I feel like. Like designers need to be more humble. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that a little <laughs> be bit. Humble. Just a little bit. Sit down and be humble, right? Um, shut up and be <laughs> humble. But like, I, I think we, we also need to realize like when people are criticizing us, like um, they, we know that they don't have all the context behind the decisions we made, just as you said. Um, and we, we could have done so much iteration on that design. Um, whether it be like a, an, an application or a logo or whatever, yeah, like there's so much work that you put into thinking about this, yeah, um, and it's really easy to tear it apart as opposed to build something, yeah. So I think it's good to think about that sort of stuff um, before we actually start to criticize, like why is this great or what what is it that I don't understand about this? Yeah, um, it just makes us look like bullies instead of you yeah. Know. I don't think we need to be like. I don't think we need to be like uh, the other way though, like just like dribbles. I don't think we need to be like that. Yeah. Like I think there, I think there is like a necessity for honesty and like that kind of thing and mm-hmm. being being critical. The the one thing she tweeted in the, on there too that Jordan Reading tweeted was uh, being critical versus criticizing feels like an art form in and of itself. I really like that line because yeah. that's like that that's I don't that's a skill that I think takes. I know I'm not good at it. Like that's, that's a, I don't, like, I don't even know if I know the difference between those two Yeah, that much. Well, something that I've learned, like, as we've had like Ben Peck on, and we were talking about design critiques, um, something I really liked about that, that I kind of took away was, um, when you're giving a criticism, you're supposed to do it based on what they want criticism for. Yeah. So like if they're, they're specific enough and they're saying, I want, I want some feedback on this you should give that specific feedback and don't go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, 
because uh, that that's is what they need and that's what's going to help them and help their design so i think if somebody comes up and says what do you think about this and just asks you like <laughs> or just post something on 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 twitter and <laughs> you see something <clears throat> unless they're asking for specific feedback don't give them any specific yeah, feedback gu- guide them yeah um i think that's that's probably the difference maybe like yeah between giving something and just saying like this is this is garbage here's all the problems with this logo um, <laughs> as opposed to like, yeah, here's some specific feedback that you asked for. I think that's yeah, definitely the way to go. <laughs> so when I post, when I post on it, when I post on Twitter about how Instagram is, is like a big piece of garbage now. Yeah. Cause it's just, a, it's just a, it's just an email spam <laughs> thread. Like they're not asking for any criticism. They're but, not, but I'm, yeah, but I'm just being hypercritical because it's annoying. Yeah, so you're yeah. doing it wrong. So I'm doing. I guess I'm doing it wrong. I should look at the positive side, which I can't find yet. But I'll I'll keep I'll keep looking. <laughs> maybe maybe you should ask them what they need feedback on. Yeah, should I send them a message? <laughs> you should. <laughs> hey Facebook, uh, I think you're annoying. <laughs> I really want to criticize what, Facebook. What can I criticize you on? Yeah. I really you want to ruin my criticism. favorite social media application. <laughs> was Instagram your favorite? It was for a long time. Yeah, okay. it's great. But now I now I I open it up and it's I want to barf. It's barf. Yeah, it's like I got I got I got too I got circles everywhere. I got too many gradients. I got a little banner that says "Watch this guy's TV show." I don't care to watch a guy's TV show. Oh man. Well, maybe. You should rethink what you uh, care about because I, I think you're wrong. Obviously, you think I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're you are a user of Instagram. Instagram knows you better than you know you. Yeah, that's what they think. <laughs> uh, they know that I really like scrolling past two of my friends' pictures to then see everybody's Instagram stories again. Yeah, and then scroll past another two of my friends' pictures I saw yesterday that I already saw yesterday to then be presented with another opportunity to to, to tap the stories. Or the best part is when they tell you who to follow. Yeah. Like that that's really a great that's really a great feature that I didn't know I needed. So was, was Instagram okay, okay. Instagram to tell me that I should follow some friggin' stupid account that I don't care about. So how do you know who to follow, man? I already that's curated, you just, man. You just I know. know. Yeah. It's curated by whom? By me. You. It's my Instagram. You just get the inspiration, you get a light bulb above your head. <laughs> I should follow this person that I've never seen before. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I can, I can, I can do the work. Okay, I can do the work to make my list, my Instagram the way I want it. Okay, okay. that's what I like. But they don't. A year ago, they decided that that wasn't good enough. They no. wanted to tell me what I like. Like I'm a dumb fool, but I'm not a dumb fool, Andy. You're not. No, at least not most of the time. <laughs> but speaking of people to follow, if you're on, if you're on Twitter. Uh, seriously, I started following uh, Jordan Reading after we interviewed her. Yeah, she posts a lot of really good stuff. There is some good, good stuff. Good, thoughtful there. stuff. I've been following good her. Good stuff around the design community. Her her handles a uh, at jr reading. So yeah. nice, simple handle. Yeah. So, uh, is that it, Andy? I think. I think. Are we done, done with this one? Yeah, let's walk away. Drop the mic and walk away. Okay, should we just leave the mics running while we leave? No, we have to. Well, we can, but we have to at least drop them. Uh, so like, yeah.